That's right, feel the pressure. Hey, it's C-Rock back in that one studio for the What Are You Made Of show on fi- uh, Riverside, not Fireside, Riverside now. Um, shout out to Riverside. They saved us when Fireside kicked us out. I don't know what the deal was there, but uh, I'm just going to assume it's everything has a purpose, and I actually love Riverside now. So we're glad to be here. I have Abby Herman in the building today. She's a fractional marketing director, content strategist, and podcast manager for business owners who want to gain visibility for their business with personalized content strategies and implementation. She helps business owners let go of the day-to-day frustration around publishing a podcast so her clients can get back to doing what they love in business. Abby, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Hey, no, thank you for being here. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to talk to you because you understand the power of podcasting. And I spend a lot of my time and day teaching people about the importance of podcasting, the power of podcasting, what it's done for me. And so mm-hmm. I'm glad to have you here. I'm, I'm excited about talking about this. Uh, but before we do that, I got to ask you the question that we start the show with every time. And that's what the question, what are you made of? I would have to say I am made of a whole lot of grit and a lot of stubbornness. <laughs> Tell me I'm not going to do something or I can't do something and I'll do it. Yeah, you know, stubbornness. Uh, you know, I, I did this uh, thing back in the day, this little campaign on the word stubborn. Mm-hmm. And I said that stubborn is not a bad thing. It's the thing you're stubborn about that's the bad thing. It's just like quitting. Quitting's not bad. It's just what are you quitting that's good or bad? And so stubborn yes. is is you know a good thing when it's on the right thing. And I love that you said that. I love that you said that because that's how people get stuff done. Every successful Absolutely. people, the person that's come on my show, Abby, has been a stubborn person. You know. So can you? Well, you have to be right to be a business owner. You have to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, There's I, I, no other way. Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, let me let me ask you this: Where did it all start for you? Give me your story. Like, what? what where did you come from? And uh, and then we're gonna get into what you're doing now too, like how you got into that. Yeah. Well, so I originally I originally started my business as a side hustle. Um, in 2007, I was a single mom and a teacher and really struggling to make ends meet. So I happened to be um, poking around on my school's website and noticed at the bottom, you know, the link to the website developer. So I actually reached out to them. I noticed that they they take um stay-at-home moms. They were hiring stay-at-home moms and I wasn't a stay-at-home mom, but I thought, you know what, I'm a teacher and they're, you know, developing school websites. I can do this. So I reached out. Here's where the stubbornness comes in. Um, They did not want to hire me because I worked all day and I, I needed new, I needed more income, but I could not afford the childcare my daughter was already in, let alone childcare on top of childcare. Um, so I was just really persistent and I talked to the owner and I said, well, you know, what can I do to, you know, get into a business like this? Um, so she gave me some tips and I tried them out and then I reached out a couple, a couple months later. Um, and it took three times of me reaching out, asking them to hire me (laughs) for them to actually hire me. Um, I ended up working for them for a really long time, like nine years, I think. Um, and learned some additional, uh, I, I basically learned 
how to run an online business, how to market online. Um, my my degree is in public relations, and I, I did that for five years before I started teaching. But I mean, I went to college when, um, you know, I was excited to see all the little square Macs <laughs> lined up at the computer lab in the early 90s. Uh, so I was I like, I had no idea what, you know, websites were, or how to develop them. You know, it was all brand new to me, but I learned it over the years. And eventually in 2013, I got so fed up with the public edu education system. I live in Arizona where, you know, <laughs> historically one of the lowest paying states, um, in the U S and I got fed up with it. And I finally left in 2013 to grow my business full time. Um, and I've been doing that ever since, of course, you know, like with anything in business, my things have changed over the years. I've gotten into podcasting. I started my own podcast after, um, taking a course to learn how to support a client with their podcast. Um, so I ended up starting my own, um, I hit 250 episodes a couple months ago and Congrats. then thanks. Thanks. I put a pause on it for a couple months and I'm starting back up in early 2024 um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a journey. <laughs> yeah. So when you were, you were working for that company, what did the company that you started, started doing building websites? My the business that yeah. I started? Yeah. No, no. I was actually doing, um, I call it content on demand. So I was basically a freelancer, um, who would, you know, a client would tell me they need an email sequence or they need website copy or they need some blog posts. And I would say, okay. And I would just do it. <laughs> and I did that for a while. I did that for several years until I started working with a client who I'm actually still working with today, who encouraged me to take it to the next level, like take the next step. I knew deep down, it started to feel slimy and icky because I knew deep down that these blog posts that I was writing, the email sequences that never saw the light of day, sure, I was getting paid for it, but it wasn't doing the client any good. There was no strategy behind it. There was no, um, there was no reason to create this content. I was just creating content and it, it didn't feel good. Um, so this client that I started working with encouraged me to, you know, kind of take it to the next level and start developing the strategy behind it. Cause I knew, you know, I knew what, what needed to happen. Um, I learned it over the years. I figured it out over the years on my own. And so, yeah, so that was in 2017, 2018 was when that shift started to happen. Um, and then a couple years later was when the shift into supporting clients with podcasts also uh, came into came into play. Gotcha. Okay. So can you give us and, you know, the audience, myself, what are some tips of the strategies that you started to implement? You know, you're producing content. Mm -hmm. And what were you basing on producing that content on if you didn't have strategy? And then when you did decide to put strategy into it, like, can you give us like those steps or what, what people should be thinking about? Yeah, to, to be perfectly honest, I have no idea what I was basing that content on originally. It was a lot of, you know, the client wanted to launch this program or they're, you know, launching a digital product or whatever. And so they want an email sequence to go out about to go out around it. Meanwhile, there was no build up to that point. There was no educating the audience ahead of that. It was just nurturing. here by yeah. the, yeah, nurturing, buy this thing from me was, was all it was. So, um, 
as I transitioned into, you know, doing more of the strategy behind it, it was, you know, looking down the road. So what do you have coming up in the next three to six months that you want to sell or that you like an area of your business that you want to, you know, promote or um, spotlight? What are the things that, you know, your audience needs to know or be able to do in order to make a good buying decision around whatever that thing is? And then kind of working backwards and building the content around that. So, you know, if they're selling, um, I don't know, a new widget. <laughs> so they need to know what are the things that you need to um, know about that widget before you can actually buy it. Like, are there other, are there other things? Like somebody's not going to go buy a, a brand new sprinkling system. They need to know like the background behind it. Why are you the right person to buy that thing from? Um, and kind of building the content around that. And then of course, looking at where is your audience showing up? Um, are they on LinkedIn? Are they on, are they on social media at all? Uh, what are the things that they are challenged with? What are the, the problems that they have? And what are the, the reasons why they might not buy the thing? And kind of addressing all of those in the content leading up to that. And then, of course, you know, like you mentioned nurturing. You can't just ask somebody to buy. <laughs> you need to educate them. You need to, um, you know, develop relationships with them, especially if it's a, a high priced product, you have to have a relationship with them. They need to know who you are. You can't just show up one day and say, you know, buy this $10,000 program from me. Right. Right. So then talk to me how you got into podcasting, like helping other people podcast and all that, because, you know, since I've been doing this, I started realizing the power pretty much early on, but I also knew that, man, this is going to take a consistent effort to be on, you know, on shows and developing my own show yeah. constantly, then repurposing the content, yeah. making sure that it gets in front of the people that matter to me and my brand mm -hmm. and becoming omnipresent to those people. Right. Those are the things that I started to re realize. But like, how did you get into that? Well, you, you said you had your own show and then and then you started helping other people. Like what, what where did you see the need to help other people with it? Like, where did that come? There was a I'm sure there was a catalytic moment. Yeah, well, actually, it started with one of my clients wanting to start a podcast and me not knowing anything about podcasting. And so I took a course um, to learn a little bit about the back end of podcasting with zero intention. <laughs> I had no intention of starting my own podcast. And of course, after the first meeting of this this course, it was a it was a live course. Um, I took it from somebody who was testing a beta and I was like, I'm hooked. I'm in. I want to do it. You know, the power of having a podcast, as you know, is being able to share with your audience the things that are important to you and the things that you know. You, Abby. I don't uh -oh. know if you can hear me. Can you hear me? You might have to go back out and come back in. Uh, okay. Um, you can't hear me at all? Uh, it's coming Hello? back now. You're in the matrix a little bit, though. Oh, weird. I'll edit okay. this part. It's not a big deal, but okay. I'm just trying to get you back. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. You're back. You're back. Okay. Okay. Right. We'll cut. We'll start right here. Okay. So, so then you started um, the podcast. Um, well, I was going to say, um, so you know the power of a podcast is that you get to share what's important to you. You get to share with your audience what you know they need and what they're asking for. And I, I lost you again. Ah, dang it.
Can you hear me now? Or are you back? Or I can hear sure. you. Can you hear me? You can't hear me. Let me know when you're back, Abby. I can hear you. Oh, you can? I'm not, I'm not oh, having an issue. Oh. Are you, can you hear me now? Oh, yeah. I can hear you now. I can hear you now. Okay. That's weird because I yeah, you're like fine. you're a little garbled. I wonder if it's my internet. Yeah. If you have any other programs open, maybe. Um, maybe, Sometimes yeah. the internet acts up. Okay. But it, it does record on both sides. So okay. even though you may not see me or see, I might not see you, if it says it's still recording, it's still going to be good. But I'll cut me, this part out. Okay. Let me shut my Slack down too. Okay. Am I okay? Yeah, you're good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you were saying about podcasts, you started a podcast or you took the class. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you said you're in. Yeah. So after the first meeting of the class, I was like, I'm sold. I'm in, I'm, I'm going to do this. Um, just because I saw the power of like being able to use my own voice, having a conversation with someone on a podcast is so incredibly powerful. And, you know, being able to share your own story in your own voice on a solo episode, I think is incredibly powerful too. So, um, you know, after that I had, you know, I started my podcast, the, the initial client who I was helping to support with her podcast, she referred me to somebody else and it just kind of grew from there. I saw, so much growth in my clients, in their success, in their confidence, in sharing their story. Um, it was, it was huge. So yeah, since then I've just kind of, I've kind of grown into, um, more of a fractional marketing director role from there. So one of the things I discovered a couple years ago was people who hire people to support with their, to support them with their, their content, specifically their podcasts, they don't have time to do anything else. <laughs> they want to record their episode and they want to be done with all of it. And so the challenge was that um, podcasts were being produced and we were, we were, you know, showcasing these podcasts, but the client wasn't doing anything else to market themselves. And as you probably know, like in order to grow your podcast, you have to show up in front of other people's audiences. You have to be a guest on other people's audience, on other people's podcasts, because it's such a natural transition for somebody to listen to you on my podcast, for them to, you know, switch over and listen to your podcast too. It's such a, it's such an easy way to grow. Um, yeah. Not a fast way. I mean, it could, it still takes, everything in marketing is a, a long game and a marathon. It takes a long time. So yeah, I think it's, um, so then I, I started helping clients a little bit with that. I don't do a lot of like pitching and, and helping them with that, but I do help with all the other pieces of content that goes around it. Like when you're a guest on somebody's podcast, you mention a, um, a freebie, an opt-in to get them on your email list. And so there's all of the, yep. you know, behind the scenes things that have to happen that a lot of people don't really want to mess with. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like the, the the pitching thing even by itself alone is a whole company. Yeah, it like is. we have yes. systems, process, <laughs> like it's just crazy. People don't realize mm -hmm. all that goes into it. Yes, and and the is. other thing about it is, you know, leveraging other people's audience is great too. But to me, I always think about that as the icing on the cake. I really like the fact of being interviewed, right? 
Mm. And then taking that content and repurposing it and then letting people see you be interviewed over and over and over again by different people. And I think that compounds exponentially. Yes. And eventually, eventually goes into a situation where you can be in front of a lot of people being seen, interviewed, and your credibility and authority go up. Yes. And for sure. that to me is huge, you know, and I, I'm looking forward to working with you on this and, and collabing because I think there's a lot of synergy here. But the other thing is, I think when you talked about people having their show and how their confidence grew, one of the things about that was I think extroversion is is a therapeutic thing for those that have confidence issues and self like insecurities. And when they just lean into extroverting, it, it, it increases confidence, which when you do that, your emotion comes up in a, in a good band, like a, a good um, vibration. And I think mm -hmm. it attracts more things to you and business and life and relationships. You agree with yeah. that? I wouldn't call it extroversion. Like I never want to be in a room full of people. <laughs> I wouldn't much, but this, like this I can do, this I enjoy doing. I'm very much an introvert. I like to talk. My, my, my dad likes to say that my favorite word is and because I just try to attach sentences with the yeah. word and so I can keep on talking and nobody yeah. can interrupt me. But um, I like to talk, but I'm very much an introvert. I would much rather do it here in the comfort of my home, home office than go out and do it. But yeah, like I think that the more you um, the more you turn the camera camera on, the more you turn the microphone on and the more you just put out um quality content doesn't have to be perfect but quality content with a good message the easier it gets um and then like you said it, to me it, it just feels like a you know like you're rolling a snowball downhill it just keeps you just it just keeps adding up so yeah well yeah when i when i say extroversion i'm not saying you have to go out in a big crowd <laughs> but what i mean by is outward communication rather yes. than being stuck inside of yourself and you're in your yeah. head the whole time and all the, all the time a lot of people in business they stay so in, introverted inside, I mean, not inside mm -hmm. the house, inside themselves. Yes. And then they, they can't get out, like their, their, their creativity doesn't flow, their imagination is not, like, you gotta let it out. And so yeah. I think it's a huge part of that. Now, um, when you're working with people, what do you see their biggest challenges are that you're seeing? Like when you keep running, in, do you keep running into the same problem with, with clients? Yes, um, I would say that it's, time, time management, <laughs> um, and systems, uh, building systems around what they're doing to make it easier. I think that those are, to me, the biggest challenges. I think that, you know, business owners, entrepreneurs, we're, we're visionaries. We have this big idea of what we want things to be like and of where we want to go. And I think that sometimes, um, I have seen people get so wrapped up in the bigger picture that they can't focus on what's right now yeah, and what's going on right now. And at the same time, so I'm going to kind of contradict myself too. <laughs> at the same time, perfectionism is real and nothing will ever be 100% perfect. You know, nothing ever. Um, and so I think when you try to focus on, I'm not going to publish the first episode. I'm not going to post that thing on LinkedIn because what if it's not perfect? What if somebody, you know, critiques it or criticizes it or whatever? You know what? You have to just do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and just like, 
being a guest on a, on a podcast or, you know, showing up at a networking meeting to give your, you know, 60 second spiel or whatever, the more you do it, the easier it gets and the more comfortable you'll feel with it. I mean, I look back at some of my first episodes and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I look back at, I had some, um, I have some videos up on YouTube that, it just got to be like too much going on in, in life and business that I, I stopped publishing on YouTube. But I look back and I think, oh, geez. Well, the kids <laughs> I can't say, believe I the did kids, that. The kids use the word cringe. Oh, dad, that's so cringe. Oh, cringe. Like, I don't, well, I don't I know. know. What do you mean cringe? What are you, what are you talking about? It's so weird. I, I don't feel old enough to be in a place where I don't understand a language of kids. <laughs> but I am now. It's, it's wild. I feel like I'm still in my 20s. And I, uh-huh. I goof off and act like that. But... Yeah. But but when I hear the kids doing that, and I always like remember me being like that kid that, that talked to my mom not, and she wouldn't know the terms I was using. So it's just weird how time flies, mm-hmm. man. You know so- what's funny though is that I saw a <laughs> meme with a list of like the Gen Z slang, and I sent it to my daughter who's 21, and she goes, she said, "Oh yeah, only half of that is right. Now it's all changed again." And I'm like, whatever, <laughs> I give up. <laughs> I hate being in I'll that never position. Be cool. I don't, I don't, I don't like being the older guy. No, I don't, I don't like that. It's not anyway. So, yeah. so let's talk about that on a sec on a, on a side note here with business. And then you said you're a single mom too, or were uh-huh. a single mom. I'm not sure, but, but like, how has that played into your business and developing your business? Um, because look, you know, at the end of the day, I, I came from, my mom was a single mom for a while and I remember those days and, and, uh, what she sacrificed to do that and you know how hard and I, so I have a lot of respect mm-hmm. for that. But what, how has that built you? Oh, God. So I, so yes, yeah, still single mom. My daughter's 21, um, out of the house mostly, and um, mostly on her own, although I do help her out. But, you know, I've been single since she was two years old, and I taught until she was, I left teaching when she was 11. So um, at that point, I had two choices. It was right before I turned 40. Um, it was a couple months before my 40th birthday, and I was miserable. I hated my life. I hated um, my job. I was completely miserable. I was working, you know, I was working this side hustle too, you know, trying to grow a business. And I knew that I had two choices. I could either suck it up until she got out of high school and, you know, keep doing what I was doing and drinking too much. And, you know, it was it was bad. And so I thought, you know what, I could leave or I could stay and be miserable. And I was tired of being miserable. I was tired of being unhappy. I was, I, for whatever reason, decided that uh, getting a master's degree in education at a private college was a really good idea. (laughs) Um, Ended up in a huge amount of student loan debt and was in personal debt as well and just said, can I cuss here? Can I just say, yeah, yeah, I just said, fuck it. And yeah. I, I resigned from my teaching position. Um, the day that our contracts for the following school year came out and um, I had no backup plan, nothing. And I sent in my resignation and the HR director went to my school and pulled my contract because I had resigned. So then I was like, oh shit, I have no job next year. <laughs> What am mm-hmm. I going to do? So I had no savings, tons of debt, you know, whatever. But I thought, you know what? Like, I, I'm a big believer in taking action. You know, like I had lived miserable 
for so long, being so unhappy for so long that it was time to make a change. So, so I did. And I, I, um, spent a lot of time working. I mean, I worked luckily in teaching, you get like a, you get a big paycheck at the end of the school year that's supposed to cover you through the summer. So I had through the summer to get enough clients to support myself and my daughter. And I, I didn't get any child support either. That's a whole nother story, but, um, um, so yeah, so I, I just, uh, worked a lot, cried a lot and, um, figured out how to make it work. I spent a lot of time. I said yes to things I would never say yes to now. I said, I lowballed quotes when I, you know, just because I needed the work, I needed mm -hmm. money. So yeah, it was the first couple of years were, were really rough. Um, I went back to teaching for two months, um, in the second year of my business and was like, oh, there was a reason why I left. I can't do this. So yeah, I um, that's that's kind of Wait like a minute, how, where it how long did you stay? How long did you stay teaching when you went back? Second time, two, I just two months. Two months. Two months, okay. and I was like, I'm, okay. I can't do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah I couldn't. Yeah. So two months, no and way. then how how long did it take you to get some momentum where you felt like, oh, I got this? <laughs> Well, how long have I been doing this? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, <laughs> no, but I mean, you, you know what I mean. Like, there's it was, a difference. Um, so it took it took about two and a half years to replace my teaching salary, and then I would say at year four or so, I started to feel like comfortable. Um, and that was actually that's when I started using Profit First in my business, which was a complete game game changer for me. Using Profit First and actually saving for taxes, and you know, paying myself a livable wage, and all of those things. Like that was um, that was a huge game changer for me. Um, yeah, and I mean, you know, I think that definitely there are ebbs and flows in business and there's hills and valleys, and you know, some months I think, oh my god, what am I doing? And other months, you know, I'm just on cloud nine and um, it just depends on um, where the market is and where business is and what's going on in life. I think I think one of the things that, you know, for me, that's really important is to remember um, I call myself a micro business, you know, because I have a really small team and the life that happens for me is going to impact my business. And I, I do all of the things to be prepared and to make sure that, you know, everything is taken care of, but I mean, you never know what's going to happen. So, um, I think that that's really important. To, that's important for me to remember and to be prepared for and to always have a backup plan and always have, you know, financial buffer, um, in the bank account personally and, and in my business account, just <laughs> to be safe. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now, and what's the vision from here, Abby, where are you going? Like, where do you want to take this thing? Where do I want to take it? So, I mean, what I would love to do is, is build out, um, more team members who can take on some of the, the client work that I'm doing. I love doing the one-on-one -on -one client work. I love working directly with clients. But I can't always do that. And I'm an, I'm an empty nester. I think I'm a young empty nester. And so, you know, I, I spent this year doing a ton of travel, um, but there was so much preparation that needed to happen to, to make that happen. So I would love to be able to, you know, have some um, couple of like account executives to work with some of the client work and um, kind of grow from there. I I don't aspire to have a seven, eight, nine figure business. Um, I aspire to have a business that 
gives me time freedom and financial freedom uh, for myself and for teammates. What what if you could have both? <laughs> I know I, mean, I could seven have figures both. and freedom sounds good to me, yeah. doesn't it? I could have both for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hate to hear that because I know that you're capable just based on the story I just heard. Yeah, you're way more powerful and able than you even can imagine. And you know and what it is? Yeah, it's fear. It's yeah. it's fear and it's it's fear of uh, failure and it's fear of success. Yeah. For yeah. sure. All right. Well, well, let's, let's, let's like dive into that for a second. Like what, okay. what is the fear of success? Like, why is there a fear of success? I understand the fear of failure, but mm. you're going to make me get really real now. Um, yeah. I mean, what would happen if you were successful? Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? <laughs> the worst thing that people would expect more. I think that I've spent so much of my life, um, Personally, it, you know, in my personal life, I've spent so much of my life um, maybe not living up to the expectations that I had or the expectations that other people might have had, you know, in my life might have had for me. And so what if I do succeed and then will they expect more? And so maybe that's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. And, and what if they do? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like. Just imagine, I, you know, just I'm imagine. Woman, I can do what I, I can do what I need and want for myself. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, is like, it doesn't matter what other people want or expectations of others necessarily. It's yours that matter. Right. But like, mm -hmm. here's the thing. Just imagine one day you're laying on your deathbed or if you, whatever your beliefs are, you go to heaven, whatever. But then you're like, oh, I could have done that. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. You know, and, mm -hmm. and the other thing is, I th and by the way, I'm not preaching to you, Abby. I'm just talking about my thoughts. Like yeah. when I think about those kind of things, because those thoughts go through everybody's heads, including myself. Yes. But I started to think too, like, wow, I could have given the people more. I could have helped more people. I could have done more for my, my, my kids, my grandkids. Like mm -hmm. I don't want to, to leave anything on the table as far as not being greedy, but, but me producing, uh, into this world, you know, does that yeah. make sense? Like I, yeah. that's the kind of stuff I think about. And I'm, I'm maybe it's, and it's overachiever talk maybe, but at the end of the day, I also, because I feel that way, there's times where I'm just like, you know what? Like you said earlier, fuck it. I'll, I'm not doing shit today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, and I give myself permission to do that Yeah, because I'm like, you know, overall I'm going after it. But if I don't feel like today, I'm just not going to do it today. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I just, I want you to get off this show and then be like, you know what? Hmm. <laughs> and just be thinking a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, trust me, I, so I turned 50 a couple months ago. And so, yeah, that, thoughts like that, like, what is my legacy? What, what do I leave? Like, wh what does this look like? That totally has been running through my, my head. What, what would so. you, if you could have freedom or whatever, but like you're also, your business was doing million plus, uh -huh. 10 million, 10 million a year in revenue. Would yeah. you like, would you be okay with that? Would I be okay with it? Yeah. Of course. Then why the hell would you say that that's, that's not what you want? Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is for everybody listening right now. Please do not talk about things that you want like you don't want them. I mean, please don't because you know what? You won't get it if you talk that way. I promise you right. that. Oh, I know. I, hey, I know. I promise you that. Yes. <laughs> so, no, anyway, I didn't want to turn this in. I'm not preaching that, Jabby, but I'm just kind of reiterating to myself, reinforcing to myself these thoughts. 
Um, yeah. So anyway, um, I appreciate you being here, and I, I want to thank yeah. you. And like I said, I look forward to building a partner relationship with you. You guys are doing amazing things there for people. I know how important the work you're doing is for businesses and business owners, and um, we just want to be able to help. What's the best way for people to reach you? Um, they can go to my website, thecontentexperiment.com. And if you want to chat with me directly, you can go to thecontentexperiment.com slash chat and we can get on a, on a quick call. Guys, go check her out. Abby Herman in the building. She is currently running a company that will be eventually an eight figure business. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we, I appreciate all of you guys being here, listening or watching, however you're consuming this content. It's your boy C-Rock here from that one studio on the What Are You Made Of show. And until next time. Abby, hold tight. Be unstoppable. Yeah,